So you all doing good today? God is so good. Well, we're, uh, I've been uh, teaching some healing school, and we've been, t- been talking about some stuff, and God kind of keeps me in one place for a long time. I used to t- teach Bible study with my brother Rick here, and we'd start in one place, and it seemed like we'd be in that place for no telling how long. We, we'd teach three and four Bible studies a week, and we'd stay on the same subject, wouldn't we? And you know what? We never got tired of it. Now, I don't know if the people that were with us got tired of it or not. But we never got tired of it because it just seemed like we'd start with one word and the next thing you know, we're taking off. You know, you ever just sit there and talk with somebody, talk the Word of God, and the next thing you know, you went to places that you never thought you'd get in the Word. You hooked their Word with your Word. And, and that's, that's why Brother Moore says we're not limited to what I'm going to say today, what I know, because what I say may hook with something that you already know and, and send you to a whole nother level in Christ that you weren't before we started today. So let's hook faith together. Let's, uh, let's open up to Mark 11 and let's, uh, let's begin to look. That's a familiar verse, isn't it? It's amazing that you can read that verse this many times and get more and more and more out of it every time you read it and apply it to a different part of your life because that infinite God has an infinite Word that is non-stop power in our lives. Amen? And so we can read that verse and look at it and know that today we're even going to make changes. i got my big Bible and my little Bible here. Got them both. Got to have, have to make a bigger, bigger space. Amen? Mark 11, and starting in verse 23... It says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You know, one of the things God was showing me in that verse was it's not just confessing. It's not just saying with your mouth, you've got to get rid of the doubt in your heart. Right? You know, and and you've got to have what, you've got to have what would replace that. You can't just have an empty space there. You know, so often we got, I know when I was younger and my mom first started teaching me the word and my dad and and we'd go to church and I'd hear these people, oh, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing. Well, yeah, I understand you're confessing. What are you believing? What are you believing? Yes, you do want to speak, but what's truly in your heart? What, What is the standard that you're judging your confession on, right? God has put a standard in place in His Word for every confession you could make. But do you know what your standard is? Do, are you, do you have a standard? In fact, is the other day, and my, my nephew won't know, but he wouldn't care if I said it anyway, but I went to see him in the hospital. He had had his tonsils out and then done a few things he should not have done. And uh, back in the hospital because he... Had some, had some stuff go wrong. But anyway, you know, it was a simple surgery turned bad, turned hard because when you don't listen, disobedience, right? See, we've been hearing about disobedience and obedience. But needless to say, he was in there and I thought, well, you know, I just better go see him. You know, and I, I so I drove up there and I went to his hospital room and I said, first thing I asked him, I said, well, where's your Bible? Well, you know, if you're believing the Word, you should have, and not just a, but, you know, I don't want, I don't want to hear, there's a Bible in the drawer. Where's your... Does anybody got their Bible? Their, see, I got two Bibles under my chair, but this is my Bible. 
I mean, this is the one that when I, I don't have to know where chapter and verse is. I can say it's about right here, and that's where it is. You know, you know your Bible. And I said, where's your Bible? And, and, and then, I said, then I said, okay, what do you believe in? And he said, then I'm healed. And I said, and the verse? And he said, well, God told me I'm healed. I'm like, and the verse? He had no word. He had no standard. You see what I'm saying? Yes, God wants us well. Yes, it's good that he knows that. But he needs a standard so that when, his, when that doubt is trying to come into his heart, he can, he can look back and say, no, by, his stri- by whose stripes ye were healed. I've got a standard here now that, that nothing else can come against because this standard is greater than any other thing. It doesn't matter what the doctor comes in and says now. doesn't matter what the reports are. doesn't matter what's happening. I've now got a standard. God has placed these standards in our life through His Word. These standards. Standard, the, the Webster's Dictionary, one of the, one of the definitions is a rule or a principle that is used as a basis for judgment. That's God's Word in our life. Okay? So now, if you don't feel good... Right? You take a new rule that's in the Word of God, a standard that says, by whose stripes you were healed, and you see if it lines up with what you feel. Well, one of those is going to be the standard by which it's judged. Are you sick? Are you well? The Word of God says you're well. This is the standard we hold on to. That's the standard we live by. That's the rule or principle that we judge our circumstances, situations, everything in our life by. We don't judge by feeling, by sight, by anything else except for the Word of God. Right? We make it final authority. We plant it in our heart. And that's how we get rid of doubt. That's how we can begin to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Confess with our mouth, I am healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. Because now we've got a standard that is great. It's great. What it, where am I looking for? Isaiah 59, right? Let's just go there and look at that real quick. Isaiah 59. A standard. What we've got now is a standard that is greater than the world standard, than the standard that says uh, it's just part of life. That's what happens. That's You know what? Sometimes up, sometimes down. Que sirrah, sirrah, whatever you want to say. That's, that's the way it is. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's called the standard of chance is what I would call it. And we don't live by the standard of chance. We live by the standard of the Word of God. There's no chance in the Word of God of us being sick. Right? There's no chance of us being poor. There's no, he, did, he, didn't make, uh, he didn't say, well, just in case this Word doesn't work, here's a provision for you to be poor in the earth. No, there's nothing in there about that. There's no just in case so you can maybe fail at some point and it'd be okay. How we get those is through tradition, right? We get those by trying to explain away God's Word by, with our experience, right? And we don't want to explain away God's Word. We want God's Word to cause our experiences, right? Right? We don't, we don't, uh, be, we don't believe in faith because of our experience. We get victory because we're in faith, Right? In other words, we don't wait to see the answer and then decide, oh, yeah, that faith stuff works. No, it's too late then, right? Amen. Where did I tell you to turn? Isaiah 59. Let me see if I can find it in my notes now. I've already skipped around. Here we go. Isaiah 59, verse 19. 
says, so shall they fear the name. I'm reading in the King James this time, guys. I'll try and remind you where I'm at because I don't know what version I use sometimes. 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. No matter what the enemy brings up, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what we're believing for, when we're speaking to that mountain, if we want to eliminate the doubt in our heart, we will find the standard in the Word of God to stand against it. You have to have that standard. We can't just go out and say, well, yeah, but I'm believing God for this and believing for God for that, and I'm confessing, I'm confessing. And you see people every day, they say, oh, I've been confessing and confessing. I don't know why it's not happening. It, it doesn't come just by confessing. Confessing is good, right? We were saved because we confessed Jesus as Lord, but that wasn't all we did, was it? No, we had to believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You have to put the two together. You guys ever worked with uh, um, epoxy glue? Anybody ever worked with it? It's two parts, right? And, and if you just put one in there, nothing sticks. It doesn't do anything. It won't work, right? But when you put them both together, it's some strong stuff. And it fixes some things, right? When you put your confession with faith in God's Word, and you've got to have the Word to have faith in, though, Right? That's why, that's why we come to church. That's why we go to meetings. That's why Brother Copeland comes here for three days. That's why we sit and listen and meditate and learn. It's because, it, you know, it doesn't say faith comes by having heard the Word of God. Anybody ever read that verse? Faith comes by having heard the Word of God. Sometimes we act like that, though. Anybody ever tried to live on yesterday's Word? You can't do it. You can't do it. That's why Mark 11:23 still fresh today because we can open it up. Every time we open it up, it has power to change our life. And the only way we can take power out of it is if we open it up and say, yeah, I read that. that, that that's how you can render that verse powerless. You can immediately take that verse from powerful to powerless by, by not acknowledging its, its power in your life. But because we have this word as a standard, and as we look, for, look in his word and we, and we believe, then what happens is the doubt in our heart begins to go away. And you don't just say, well, I'm going to go to church today so I can get rid of that doubt. Right. It, it, that's not going to do it. It's, you're going to, I'm going to get in the word, and I'm going to get in the word, and I'm going to get in the word. And if I don't see change, I'm going to get in the word. And if I don't see change, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get in the word, and I'm going to play that tape. And every time I get in my truck, that tape's going to be playing. It's going to be hitting me in the ears every time. It's, I'm not going to quit it. I'm not going to let it stop. It's going to be my standard. I am going to force my mind to agree with what my heart knows. Because your mind don't believe, but it'll try to sway your heart. Is that good English? Your mind don't believe? Your mind cannot believe, but it will try to sway your heart. Why? Because it sees this and it, and it feels this and it thinks it knows this. What we do is when we go to church and when we get in His Word and when we listen to faith teachers, what we do is we don't allow our mind to learn anything else. Right? Right? I mean, if you don't learn something different, all you know is faith. Right? It's a lot easier to start from a foundation of faith without any tradition, without any maybe this is the way it is, maybe that was the way it is. None of that. You started from a foundation of Wow, God's good. That's it. God's good. I remember when I was in, gosh, it was really young age, very young age, and I was in Bible school, 
in a, in a, my mom, that's what they did to get rid of you for a day. Send you to Bible school, you know, and a vacation Bible school in the summertime. You got the, what, the red Kool-Aid and the dry cookies, and they were great. You liked them. You had fun. But I had a teacher in that class, and, and, and guys, I can tell you, this was a denominational church, very denominational. But I had a teacher, and I never forgot one thing she said. It stuck with me all my life, and it actually became one of the basis by what I, how I judged God, because people judge God all the time. Whenever you say, well, he didn't heal him, so he must want to say, you judged God. You may say you judged the circumstance, but you judged God, because God's word said he wanted him well. Right, so you judge God. But it became, because when people would come up to me, this lady, she said, God can create nothing less than perfect because he's a good God. Now, if she knew what she said, I don't know. And I was probably only in the second grade. But I still remember that to this day. If I ever say that lady again, i got to thank her. Because it, it changed the way I think. I never, if somebody came up to me and said, God did that and it was bad, I'd say, no. God's a good God because it wouldn't compute. What she did was she fit something in ahead of somebody's junk, right? What she did was she got some word in there before somebody got a lie to me. And because that word got in first, the lie could never get there. And I, and I went to churches all my life, and we've all been to them, and, and places where they teach that, you know what, maybe it's God's will to heal you, maybe it's not. Well, you just never know. That teaching's quite common everywhere. It's, you don't even have to go to church to hear it. You can go watch a movie and hear that because that's what the world believes. That's what they believe. They don't even know God, but they believe God's just doing whatever God wants to do, random acts of, of goodness and random acts of violence. Whatever God wants, that's what's happening. And, and that's not true. But we're allowing that into our ears and into our mind, and it is becoming the standard by which we judge circumstances, by which we judge our own circumstances. Many times we don't even use our faith because, well, yeah, that happened to... What if, what if you knew somebody that you really looked up to? Oh, yeah, it happened to them, I guess. Gosh, if it could happen to them, it could happen to anybody. No. No. I mean, I have people, I have people all the time say, man, this was a really good person. You know, wonder why this is happening to them. You know, I don't know why it's happening to them, but it's still contrary to God's Word. And it doesn't mean that it can happen to me. I can't, and besides that, am I judging on their works or His Word? Right? Their works or His Word. I've got two standards here. Right? I do now. His, his works, their Word, or God's Word. God's Word has got to remain my standard in every situation, every circumstance, and I have to grab a hold of it in such a way that I'll never let go of it. And when you've got a word on it, think about this. Brother Moore, two weeks ago maybe, started talking about making a covenant with your eyes out of Job. Correct? Anybody do that? Anybody find maybe they had some areas they were glad they made a covenant with their eyes? I did. I did. I immediately noticed something like, oh, wow, God didn't even realize that. What happened? The Word shined some light on some stuff and gave me a standard to, to live up to, to, to that would cause me not to have to live up to it, but to give me power to live above it. Right? It, the Word gives you power. It doesn't, it's not the law. It's the Word. The law identifies sin. The Word gives you the power to overcome it. Right? Well, we need to prove that, don't we? Let's go to Romans. We can prove that. Let's go to Romans. Where are we going in Romans? Romans 5? 
Romans 5. And, and when we stay in this Word on a constant basis, we keep it in our ears, keep it in our eyes, you're not, you're not, you can't, there can't be a point in you where, okay, I'll believe it to hear. Right? Because if you're saying, uh, uh, there's doubt in your heart. See what I'm saying? If you've got an ending point, if faith, faith cannot have an end, right? Can faith have an end? Well, because if it does, it's not faith. Faith believes it already happened, so how can it have an end? The end of faith is victory, right? The end of faith is truly victory. So if we believe something, I remember, in fact, is, and, and, and when that word drops in your heart, I, I remember when I was driving down the road, we're believing, me and my brother, driving an old Ford pickup that one our business had, and, and the tailgate was round because we haul carpet. So when you haul carpet, what happens is eventually your tailgate looks like this. And we had to shut it and pin it and everything, you know, however it took to keep it close because we haul carpet around every, to every job. And we did things that we had to do because we didn't have the money to do them another way. But we were believing God. In that Ford pickup, there was some prosperity tapes going every time we got in it. Every time. There was never a time where we opened that door, turned on that key, that those, I didn't turn them off. I didn't let them quit. Every time we got in that Ford pickup, those tapes were going. Every time. And one day, several years after we, we, and when I say we listen, we listen to these tapes years. I'm not talking days. I'm not talking, I'm talking years. One day we got in there and we're on our way home. We, We both lived in Nixa. We're on our way home. And I remember the stoplight because it's a defi- there's a defining moment. There's a moment when you know the Word just dropped in your heart. The Word just went from just a Word to the Word of God. And, 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 and my brother was sitting over next to me and he looked at me and he said, We're going to make it. We're going to be okay. We're going to prosper. Our business is going to do well. And, I mean, we didn't go back the next day and all of a sudden all our bills were gone. In fact, is I went the next day and I started dealing with bill collectors again. That's who I started dealing with. That was my job, take care of the bill collectors. Try, that's what I did. But nothing changed in the physical at that moment. But I still remember that moment because it was a defining moment when faith went from here to here in both of us. Because when he said it, I immediately hooked onto it and I knew just as well as anything, that when we hooked our faith together as the owners of that business, you know what one of the next things, the very next things I did? And when I say our business was in bad shape, bankers laughed at us. I mean, when we went and said, can we get any kind of loan? They said, we know how you're in business today. That literally, we don't understand how you can possibly open your doors. You are so far down. One of the next things I did, I went out and hired Side salesman. That is not what you do when you don't have money. We were wondering how we paid, let alone how we're going to pay. But it was right. The Word of God had now dropped in my heart, and I knew that I knew, and He knew that He knew we were going to be okay. And from that point forward, so I wasn't an immediate. It wasn't that we could just, oh yeah, look at all that money coming in. The next thing, I, the next thing I know, years later, we got two stores. We got this company. We got st- we got more trucks than than I can drive at one time. Right? I mean, we, God is good. And when that word drops in our heart, we know it. And now that standard was there. It wasn't just a word on a page. Now it was my word. Now it was my word. Third John 2. That was it. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health. I read that verse and read that verse. But that day, 
it became ours. It's on a plaque in our store now. That that verse became ours. It's it's that's when it becomes a standard. That's become it when it becomes a rule and a principle that you judge your life by. Right? That is so important because when you can judge your life by it, then nothing can overcome because it's greater than anything. It is greater than anything. Where were we going? Romans 5? How am I going to get back there? Praise God. It's good though, isn't it? Because it's a standard. It's a standard. In Romans 5. This is a, this is a great standard. That's how we get back there. Romans 5, verse 20. I know how we got there. The law identifies sin. Grace is the standard by which we overcome sin, right? Amen. In verse 20 of Romans 5, it says, Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. Now, do you think that God put the law in place so we could sin more? And actually, Paul asked that question. No. No, what was happening is sin already was happening, but it had no light on it. The law was a light that said sin, 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 sin. You know, that's not something you ought to be doing. But the law was powerless because it didn't have any ability to overcome the sin. So Jesus Christ came, and now the second part of the verse says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The standard which God put up, he said, in fact, is if you go back to Isaiah and read it, he talks about there was no, there was no intercessor. There was nothing to keep, you know, you could, we could identify sin, but we couldn't do anything about it. So grace entered in so that where sin did abound, grace could all the more abound. In other words, no matter how big sin was, grace was bigger. And the ability to overcome that sin was there. See, people say, well, grace is, is, the, is that's God overlooking my sin. No, that's God overlooking and giving you the ability not to do it. Right? And when people abuse grace is when they think that way. When they think, well, I got grace, I can go ahead and sin. No, you got grace, you don't have to go ahead and sin. You got grace. Grace is a power. It's not just a word on a page. It's not just a noun. It's a verb. Right? See my English? I was talking English this morning. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm getting good at this stuff. I'm remembering that three quarters of a year of college I took. But it, but it is not just a noun. It's not just a word that took away sin. It is a word that takes away sin's power over us. No longer do we have to give in to the stand sin because we now have the standard of grace by which we can overcome any evil desire, any evil tendency within us. Grace will overcome that evil tendency. We don't, we do not have to give in to that ever. And this, this was a standard. This is a perfect picture of a standard that God set up so that we could walk through this world as perfect. Right? As perfect, complete, whole. Why? Because the grace of God. And how do we get it? By confessing and believing. Right? You can't just get it by confessing. You get this standard in your life by confessing and believing. But we got to we got to stay strong in that in that faith by looking at the Word of God. We got to look at words just like this. We got to read about uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Right? And then we gotta look at it and say, My grace is sufficient. And then we gotta weed through all the traditional thinking. Oh yeah, Paul was sick and God told him I won't heal you. And all you know, you gotta weed through all that junk. And all you gotta do is say, Wait, it says God's good. And if God somebody asked God to heal him and he said no, that would make him not good. 
Well, I can immediately throw there. See, because I had the God is good basis, I can throw that theory out the window. Now, I may not understand what that verse says yet, but I can throw their theory out the window because it denies God's goodness. Anything that denies... See how that standard, that standard of God is good saved me from a bunch of traditional junk that's just not true. Right? And then when you study God's... I remember... When we started studying, and I, I, I asked God, I'm like, why, why do people believe this? And he said, because they don't understand, my goodness. And everybody didn't get to start from God as good standpoint. Everybody didn't get to hear about God was good first. Some of the first things that people got to hear was sometimes God will hurt you to help you. It's not true. But what if that's your foundation? That's what you believe. That's your standard now by which you're going. How important is it that our pastors stand up here and everything they teach, they put a verse in front of it, right? And then they don't, they don't, they don't teach it and then find a verse that works with it, right? And you ever had, and you ever done that or had people do that? You got something going on in your life and you, you do, you go, well, God, show me what's going on. You know, you know, I hope that works sometimes, but a lot of times what that did was Mr. Tradition just came into your life. Yeah, because all you read was the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's a great verse. Great verse is great that it's in the Bible, but that's not what you want the standard of your life to be because what the Lord giveth is eternal life and what he taketh away is sin. Amen. And that's what he giveth and taketh away. Now, whether someone was confused, in fact is, I think the person that spoke those words later said, if you'll not look at the end of the book, I surely I spoke things too wonderful for me to know. Yeah, spoke about things too wonderful for me to know. Because he knew. He knew. Because God's word is a standard, but we don't want to misuse that standard. Right? We want that standard to be his standard in our life. We don't want to find ourselves. We don't want to get our situation and then find His Word and, and fit it into our situation. We want it to overcome our situation. It's powerful when we use it the way it's written, when we use it in the context in which, it's, which, it, which He intended it. It will make changes in our lives. When we take those verses that Brother Moore was using, um, the covenant with our eyes, you, that, that one word can change the way you walk through the mall. Can it? What are girls dressing in these days? Not our girls, but what, what are they? What are the billboards? I mean, I'm I'm walking through the mall and I'm like, made a covenant with my eyes. You have to. I've made a covenant. I'm not, I've made a covenant. Why? I've got word. I don't have to look at that. That's not even a temptation to me. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm, I've got God's word. It says I don't have to look at that anymore. How powerful is that? But but without knowing that, here's how you walk through the mall. Yeah, and that's how you walk, and you and you're looking, and you're gawking, and then you say, "I can't believe they put that up there." <laughs> you know, yeah, that and I can believe they put it up there. The enemy's not, yeah, he is stupid, but he's got he's got some. He's sly. There you go. That's a good word. But he's not more sly than the Word of God. The Word of God has an answer to every issue 
even that issue. You know, people say, I don't know. I don't know how to keep myself from looking. There you go. There's a word right there. Now you got one. Now what's your excuse? Right? (laughs) You don't have one. You got two choices. It's the standard or you live in your standard. Right? And every time you walk through the mall, you judge yourself worthy of his word or unworthy of his word. Right? Remember Remember the folks in what? Acts 13 judged themselves unworthy because they would not believe the word Paul was preaching to them. Acts 13:26-ish, right? It's in here. I can turn to it because I know right about where it's at. <laughs> but we don't want to judge. What we want to use is His Word to judge our lives. We want, if something's contrary to His Word in our life, it doesn't matter what your head's t- now telling you, right? You've got to get the Word in your heart and refuse to believe what your head is now trying to convince you of. What? Here's what what your head does. Ooh, scratchy throat. I'm a little warm. It is flu season. Yeah. You know what? Ooh, cough? No, no, sore throat. Next thing you know, what your head's doing is calculating this. This It's what your mind does. It's what your mind... It's carnal. It's it's enemy of God. It's carnal. So what, what that means, enemy of God, is it's contrary to what His Word says about you. So what it does is it's moved by feelings, by, by sight, by hearing. And that's why you only teach it the Word. That's what happens when you're listening to the Word. You're not allowing your mind to learn anything except what the Word says. Right? That's what I want my mind to know. I want my mind to know what the Word says so that when I'm in the hospital and they say, oh, you've got a disc that's... Uh, compacted and that's just going to hurt forever and immediately no no thank you i'm not going to have that you know i'm I'm glad that you identified that but i'm got a standard against it that says by whose stripes i am healed and that's the standard i'm going to judge thank you for giving me something to hold my standard up against my standard now says i'm healed and i am and i thank god for that i'm not walking around in pain in my back today at all at all, at all. And was it a little bit of a test? Yeah, it was, but God's Word's greater. doesn't matter what the test. What if I'd have quit? Ooh, I guess that doctor was right. I believe God. I know I believe God, but it didn't work. What? <laughs> slap yourself right there. So just stop yourself right there. Slap yourself in the face. Grab yourself. You believed God in what? No. If you believe God, it worked. And if you if it didn't work, keep believing God. Right? What if it what if it took a year? So? What if it took two? What if it took three? As long as I don't have to walk around the rest of my life with back pain, God's word has got to be the standard. We can't decide to try God's word. We can test him and see if tithing works, but you can't try faith. Right? Because people that try faith are already in unbelief. How can you try faith when you're in unbelief? Okay, I don't think it'll work, but I'll try it. Well, <laughs> go, go get your credit card application. Your, your bills are going to be due soon. But, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what we're saying. And I've done it, guys. I've done it. I've gotten the credit. I, I've went to the, I went to Kim and said, man, we're going to believe God, but save that just in case. <laughs> Was I going to believe God? I don't think so. I might as well just start filling it out and get it sent in so I can get my credit and pay my bills so I'll have more credit, right? Pay your bills with a credit card. 
I thank God when my faith wasn't there, maybe some of that happened. But no, not, don't thank God. Get rid of that. Strike that. Can you get rid of that? No. But the standard we want to live by is God's Word, and we want to keep it before our eyes. If we try faith, I recently was dealing with a situation where God spoke pretty directly, directly with me to call somebody and tell them about a situation. And I'm not going to tell you the situation because it's still too close to home. But they said, yeah, I was thinking about that, and I'll do it. And they started doing it, and they did it halfway, and that's where they stopped. And at halfway, they changed back to their old way. And because they changed back to their old way, victory never came. And, and, God said, and God showed it to me. In fact, is he told me when it was happening. I wasn't even there. He told me when it was happening. They just changed back. In my, I'm not saying I heard an audible voice. In my spirit, I heard him say, they just changed back. And, and when, I do the, when I heard that, I knew that, that, that my, what hurt was my heart because I knew it hurt their faith. It hurts your faith to try faith. Yes. Know where you're at. Know what you're doing. Believe God from where you're at. Amen. Don't believe God from where Mo's at. Don't believe God from where Rick's at. Believe God from where you're at. Yes. Unanswered prayer hurts faith. Yes. Right? When you pray, have it in your heart. Before you pray it, before you ask it, know, what did it say? Believe you have received. And so it doesn't say, after you've prayed, believe you have received. It says, when you pray, believe you have received. If you cannot do that, find out what you can believe. Right? Find out where your faith is and grow. Standard of God's going to say the same. Right? Grow. Get more word. Find more work. Find, you know what? If you stopped right there today, that might be where you ended forever. But, but you don't have to stop right there. You can, you can take the Word of God. You don't have to walk through the mall and look at the posters every day. You can take the Word of God and change your life. You can get into the Word. You can spread the books out in your floor, and you can start searching for things, and you can believe God for more Word, for more grace. Right? And when we believe God in that way, we change the way we live. We change the standard by which we judge every circumstance and situation, and we judge it by the God standard, by the standard of love, by the standard of grace. Should this be in my life? Is it of God? If it's not, and you don't have a verse, find one. Get your Strong's Concordance. Don't call the church and say, what verse do we stand on to believe against this? That's not your verse, right? Find your verse. Get the books out. Do the work. If you do... The work, and I'm not saying that you work for salvation, but salvation takes work sometimes. Right? 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 So you get your books out and you spread them out on the floor and you say, you know what, I'm believing for health and I'm going to have it. And you start with that one verse and you start compounding. You start grabbing more verses and you get your concordance out and you get your Bible, that your reference Bible out and you start referencing other verses and you take it from one place to the next and refuse not to have what that word said. Refuse... Not to have what the Word says. Speaking backwards English again, but that's okay. Refuse. Refuse not to have that in your life because it's the standard by which you live. It's God's Word. You've made God your 
Father. You've made Jesus your Lord. When we do that, we immediately make Him the standard by which we live. And so the more we can know, the more word we get in our heart, the more of that standard that affects our life. There's parts of the standard in this word that are not affecting our lives. There's many rules and principles that we don't, we don't have a grasp on yet. So what? They're not affecting your life. Right? So you come and you listen to teachers and preachers and people who have been studying the Word of God and all of a sudden you say, ooh, wow, I didn't have that. I'll take it. And that's all you have to do. Why? Because you're already a child. I'll take that. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Well, yeah. Yeah, prosperity. Good, 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 good. I'll take that. Oh, I can't be poor. Thank you. Yes, I'll have that for sure. I, I'll, I'll have none of that being poor stuff. Yeah, thank you, Lord. But we put it in our mouth. We put it in our hearts. And if it's not in your heart, it won't be in your mouth. And, if, and it doesn't matter how many times you say it, it's not there. Right? It's dead words. It's not there. You can confess and confess and confess. Get it in your heart. Keep putting it in your ears. Keep putting it in your ears. Where was I going? Um, oh, the Amplified. Have, no, I don't want that. We're going somewhere else. There we go. Romans 10, 17. We're going we're gonna to actually look at that verse. Amen. We keep putting it in our ears. That's how it gets in your heart. That's how it comes out of your mouth, right? You've got to keep putting it in your ears. You have to keep the Word of God in you, around you, about you. It has to be your focus. Why? Because you've got to know what it says. Because what, what, what would have happened if the devil would have came to Jesus and said, you need to turn those rocks into bread. You're looking pretty hungry. He said... There's probably some word against that, but I'm hungry. He didn't say that. He knew the word. He knew the word. And immediately out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth spoke. Right? It said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Immediately he had a standard greater than the enemy's flood. Right? He had a flood of his own, is what he had. And he flooded that with the Word of God, and, and the enemy had no, no recourse at that point. The next thing he got to do was flee, right? Which is one of the things that when you look up standard in the uh, concordance, you'll see that it talks about fleeing, right? So if you take it over into James where it says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, that, that has to do with having a standard. How, how do you do it? You submit yourself to God. How do you submit yourself to God? Say, God, I'm going to live by your laws, by your precepts, by your rules. I'm going to do those things that you say are me, not the things that the world says are me. And I'm going to act like who you've made me to be rather than who I was. And when I act that way, when I become who, I, who God's created me to be, his standard now judges my life. And when his standard is judging my life and the devil comes in and, and all of a sudden I've, he says, well, guess what? Business ain't looking so good. You're probably going to have a bad month. Say, ooh, wait a second. He meets all my needs. Right? Wait a second. He's my provider. Right? He's my provider. He causes me to prosper. He causes me to triumph in all things. No, thank you. Zip. You know what? Why? Because I got word against that. I'll prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. I don't have to, we talked about last time, we talk, I don't have to participate in that. Right? I'm going to participate in his nature. I'm going to use his standard, his word as a standard in my life. It's 10. It says, so then faith comes by hearing 
and by the Word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by having the Word of God. It has to be increasing all the time. To get it in your heart, keep it in your ears, you have to keep it in your eyes because you're going to see and hear things contrary to it all the time. Every day, it is not hard to get out of bed. Your body will give you things contrary to it immediately. You'll get up, ooh, I'm getting old. Oh, <laughs> with long life, he'll satisfy me. Quality long life. You know, you, you know, that, you know. We could do that. We could start getting out of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that didn't happen when I was young. No. 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 No, no. You know, all I do when that starts happening, I say, wait a second. Moses was climbing up a mountain when he was 120 years old, and his eyesight was perfect. If Moses can have it, so can Dave. Right? So can you. So I've got word. I've got a standard. Moses created my standard by doing it through the Word of God. Right? And so all I have to do is look back to that and say, no, I'm not going to have it. And see, that, guy, that, that I had to put that in my ear at some point to get it in my heart. And if it's not in your heart, you won't remember it when you're going like this. Right? You walk, oh, I'm hurting. I've I got to find my Bible, you know. Well, it's a good thing to go ahead and find your Bible at that point, but it would have been nicer to have had it at the time. Right? It would have been nicer to have known what God was, what God said about your situation beforehand. Then your confession and your belief line up. Amen? I don't know, I've got a, uh, when people, and confessing and believing is how we're saved, correct? And I've got a friend, and I know we were teaching Bible study, Rick used to teach with us too, and, and he got saved at a very late, late age in life. But he, and I know this isn't proper English or proper the- theology. He got saved. Anybody met somebody, man, that person got saved. I mean, they're living for God. They are excited. They are on fire. And, and it wasn't something that just lasted a couple of days. And then they were just, yeah, yeah, that church stuff's okay. You know, not saved. And I said, God, I'm seeing all these people get saved. And I see this one person take off. What's the difference? What's the difference? He immediately grabbed hold of the love of God. The love of God got in his heart. He didn't realize that he just needed salvation. He realized God loved him. He realized what it took to purchase him back. He he got a hold. In fact, when you hear him teach, you can hear it in what he says. He knows what God did for him. And he knows that love. And because of that love, it made a change. And it put a standard in his life that he gets up and lives by every day. And it keeps him hungry. It keeps him on fire. It keeps him in love with God. Right? And so many people don't grab a hold of that standard. You know, if we go, in fact, we're really close. Let's look at Romans 10. Romans 10. I mean, in fact, as I heard the testimony of his salvation... And he studied it out before he received God. I mean, he'd go and ask questions. He'd say, well, how can this happen? And what about this? And he went to argue. But every time he went to argue, the love of God wrapped him up. Every time he went to somebody, the person he was going to just loved on him. Didn't argue with him. Just showed him the word. Just showed him the way. Didn't, didn't tell him he was dirt. Didn't tell him any Because he was already felt like he was dirt. You know what? He didn't need somebody to tell him he was dirt. He needed somebody to show him the love of God. And because they showed him that love, he got what I call just really... I mean, I know you can't get any more saved than you are, but he, he, he just... 
there's an understanding in him that you can't describe to other people. Many, many of us have it, right? Right? But, but did it take you time to realize what God did to you after you got saved? Yeah, see, I, I liked it when, when he got saved and that was it. You know, that, I mean, it, there was no questions after that. Amen. He confessed with his mouth and believed in his heart. And see, in verse 8, Romans 10, 8 says, But what saith? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That is how it begins. Right? That's how salvation begins. That's how healing begins. That's how prosperity begins. You know, we can pull these verses out and dedicate them totally to salvation because they are, because salvation's a whole package. It is prosperity. It is healing. But if you really, if you want to separate it out, this same verse would work for your healing. Why? Because the word is in you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Once it's in your mouth and in your heart, the next, ver- the next verse is easy. Right? Because that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Salvation came when you heard it, believed it, and spoke it. Right? Healing comes when you hear it, believe it, and speak it. Prosperity comes when you hear it, believe it, and speak it. Joy, peace, anything God has, anything God is, the way you receive it is you hear it, you believe it, and you speak it. Right? You don't speak it until you believe it. Right? If you you can do that, but that's the hard way to go. I mean, you don't want you're not trying to talk yourself into God's word. Right, and sometimes that's what that's what I've done. I know you guys have never done it, so I'll explain it and for me, because so that no one's. But sometimes we we're trying. You know, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm, what, who am I trying to talk into it? Yourself. Right, myself. Exactly, myself. Because God's word never changed. Why don't I just grab a hold of the word and get it in my heart? Why don't I take some time in some scriptures? Why don't I go to a healing seminar? Why don't I do a lot of things except? What I need to do is work to get that I'm healed in here through the Word of God. And when I get it in here through the Word of God, now my mouth speaks what I believe rather than my mouth trying to convince my heart what it believes. Right? I'm not trying to convince me what I believe. I want to know what I believe now. When you get saved, if you know what you believe first, your confession saves you. Right? And then you don't have to go out the door and say, Ooh, I wonder if I'm really saved. I know none of you have ever done that either. But you don't have to question that. Why? Because you believed in your heart before you confessed with your mouth or you confessed with your mouth what you believed in your heart. Amen? And you were saved. Verse 10 says, For with the, with the heart man believes, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto healing. Salvation. Deliverance prosperity, healing, joy, peace. What do you need? It's in that word. It's in that word. So, see, we got to take this verse, and now I've believed under righteousness. Okay? My heart has believed under righteousness. Now I am a new creature in Christ. Now I live by a different standard. Now the standard that judges me is the grace standard. The love standard. The standard that says I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be poor. I don't have to be beaten down. I don't have to have family problems. My marriage can be good. My children are taught of the Lord. That's the standard. So now I get in I say, okay, 
where's that standard? And God says, here it is. You go, ooh, wow, I've never read a book that big. I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't. I read those little books. You go, those are nice books. They're about this big and a few pages and small words. And But then you start getting in it because you realize, wait a second, faith comes by hearing. You, you, all of a sudden you read Romans 10 and 17. You said, faith comes by hearing? Ooh, let me hear some more. I'm going to hear. I'm going to be a hearer. I'm going to be a hearer so I can be a doer. But i got to hear first. Right? you got to be a doer, but you can't do what you haven't heard. Right? So I'm going to be a hearer. And I'm going to be a hearer. And, I, and I, I'm righteous. I've made my confession under righteousness. And, 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 I've, and I've confessed that I'm saved. And now I can have those things that God's standard has brought me up to. Right? I don't have to have what the world says anymore. What the world says is, you know what? Sometimes you make it. Sometimes you don't. Give it the, give it the old college try. Well, what if you didn't go to college? No. <laughs> but, you know, that's what they say. You know, all, all you can do is try and hope for the best. No, what we do is do and expect the best. Right? We are going to do and expect what God's Word, the standard of our life, says all the time. We're not going to get down. We're not going to quit. We're not going to say, oh, yeah, but you don't understand, brother. <laughs> I've been believing. I have been. And, and, I, and I've confessed, and I know I believe in my heart. Well, just the way you're talking alone would tell you that you're not. And, and, you know, I can judge by me. I can't judge by you. But I've done that. I've, oh, I'm, I'm believing. <laughs> I'd call my mom, Mom, I'm in faith, and I don't know why. And she'd say, stop that. <laughs> so she's, she's right. She's there. She'd probably grab me by my ear and say, you know better than that. Sometimes we got to stop and say, no, we're the righteousness of God in Christ. We, the only time that standard stops judging our lives is when we start judging by some other standard. Right? When we say we're sick, believe me, you're sick. Because your final authority just came out of your mouth. You know, that's why people say, well, you're sick whether you say it or not. I said, no, I'm not. If I don't say I'm sick, I don't care if every cell of my body says I'm sick. If my mouth and my heart know I'm well, I'm well. And so we don't say we're sick. People always wonder, well, you're just, you're just lying. You're just... No, we're not lying. We're not going to speak evil over ourselves. Right? Now, you know what? If there's symptoms, I might say, man, i got a stopped up nose, but I'm healed. You know? My nose may be stopped up. Doesn't mean I'm not healed. And if I continue to believe in what God's Word says, my nose is not going to be able to be stopped up. My body's not going to be able to be sick. Right? Because the standard by which we're judging is God's standard. That rule is what's going on in our life. In every situation... From the point that we receive God and receive Jesus as Lord, that day we should no longer submit to the rules to the world's rules. No longer. Why? Because you're saved. You do not. And I'm not talking about the laws of the land. I'm talking about the rules that the Kesarasara rules. Right? Those are no longer rules that judge your life. You have new and very specific rules that were bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus. And because they were bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus, we have every right to walk in them, live in them, be them, and do those things every day that we walk out our door, that we get out of bed. We have the right to be who he, the standard He's put up. 
right? And we don't have to. And so now we're saved. We judge by that. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves healed. We judge ourselves prosperous. We judge ourselves at peace when the whole situation's in chaos. We don't walk in there in chaos. You know, I was uh, telling somebody, Nancy, I think, that during KCM, sometimes when you talk on the radio, you talk expediently, if you will. Is that a good word? In other words, you talk like it's an emergency when it's really not because you're trying to really get your word in fast is what you're doing. And I said, what we need to do is have uh, Peace Talk 101 in the radio department so that immediately, you know, unless it really is an emergency, we don't want to see as a Christian, we can talk that way all the time. We can walk into a hospital room where everybody's in chaos. Nobody knows what's going on. And we can walk in and bring our peace. And we can say, you know what? We know what the Word of God says about this situation. And because we're here to hook faith with you, let us tell you what it believes so you can start judging by this standard. And we start getting them to judge by the standard, and they hook their faith with And the next thing you know, what they, the call you got was their arms cut off, and the next thing you know, they got a cut on their finger. Yep. Yep. I'm, when we get them all the time, and I, Rick and Dan both know, oh, you got to get to the hospital quick. They've had a brain aneurysm, and, and they didn't eat enough and passed out. It's not a brain. But the thing is, is what happens is they lose their peace immediately. And our job is to bring that peace back in. Why? Because we've got a standard of peace that we don't fly off the handle. We don't begin doing things just off the cuff. Oh, this is what they said. It must be true. No. First of all, that doesn't line up with the word of God. That's a child of God. How could a child of God have that happen to him? No. So I first, my first reaction is, no, I can't be. You know, when they get, they, if any of y'all, if they send me a report about you that's contrary to God's Word, then I just say, mm-mm. Thank and I'm not denying the facts. I'm believing the truth. Yeah. And what I'm immediately going to do is I'm going to put my faith on the best possible scenario. Yes. The yes. best, I'm going to pray for the most mercy. I'm going to pray for the best doctors. And I'm going to pray that what they first diagnosed was wrong. In fact, it, and how many times, Nancy, is it wrong? More often than not. More often than not. Why? Because the world goes to the worst. That's what they do. They go from the worst to the best. We go from the best to the best. Then to the best. And after we're done with the best, we want the best. And if you don't mind, I'll take the best. How about you guys? The best, the best would be good to me. So what we do, how do we get this confidence? How do we gain this confidence? Go back to the first verse. We don't doubt in our heart. So how do we believe in our heart? We keep that word before us. We keep it in our eyes. We keep it in our ears. I'll tell you what, let's go. Well, let's look at Matthew real quick. Matthew 12. I skipped over that. We better go there. Because everywhere we go, when we've got that word in us, we, be, we begin bringing up good things. We begin causing good things to come to pass. We, we are not the Savior, but we are on assignment from the Savior. Amen. Right? And because we're on assignment from the Savior, we've got to have His words in our heart and, and, and the readiness to speak them. Right? The readiness to speak those words. In Matthew 12, at the end of verse 34, in the NIV, help those guys out back there. In the NIV, it says, in, starting in the end of verse 34, it says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things 
out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Now, if you don't have a store of God's goodness in you, how are you going to bring it up? Right? That's how we get in our... We store it in there. We put it in there. We get in... You don't wait to be sick to look at healing. You don't wait to be poor to look for prosperity. You start getting it in you now. You start... You go to the meetings on Friday night. Well, my life's going pretty good. I think I'll skip this Friday night. Well, no. Be glad. Now, if God says, hey, stay home this Friday night, go ahead. But if you just because things are going well, that's not the time to quit serving God. That's not the time to quit listening to the Word. That's not the time to to slack, if you will. Right? That's the time to store up. Why? You're not using it. Store it up. Store it up. Why? First of all, you can help others if you got it stored up. You can't help nobody if you don't have a store. Right? But when you put it in your heart, you can start helping people because you've stored it up. You've stored the Word of God in your heart. When somebody comes up to you and says, Boy, I'm, I'm really not feeling good. Say, Ooh, good news. Psalms 107.20 says He sent His Word and healed you and saved you from all your destructions. Good news. I had that stored up in my heart just for you. Amen. And out of the good treasure, the good things in my heart, I'm going to bring forth some good right now. And I'm going to let you know that the standard which you should now judge by is Psalms 107, verse 20. Amen? And because I had it stored up in my heart. But if I don't store these things in my heart, if I don't keep myself full to where I overflow with it, it's, it's immediately somebody comes up, they, they push you, and what happens? Oh, there come the Word. Right? Or if you got the evil things stored up, they come and say, Ooh, I'm not feeling... Ooh, yeah, it's probably the flu. Oof, it's been going around. You know, they push in. You don't have the good stuff stored up in you. you got the evil stuff. And now you've just given them evil report, so you've not helped anyone, especially them. Right? Because you didn't have the good things stored up. But when you have a good thing stored up, the heart speaks them. Right? When you got the power and the belief in God's Word, when you got that standard as, as the rule and the principle that you live by, no matter what's going on around you, you will spit up the Word of God, if you will. How about that? You will speak it forth. It will come out to you. When pressure is applied, it's what will come out. Right? And that's what we're looking for. That's what we want to come out. Amen? Amen. What? Because we're going to give account for what came out. Right? It says in the day of judgment. What day does judgment happen? The day that somebody says you're sick. It's time to judge, am I? That's the day of judgment. It, judgment time's here. You got, you, got a, you got a stuffy nose, sore throat, stomachache, fever, all those 18,000 symptoms, the devil's sitting there with his flip chart, could be this, could be this, could be this, and, and it's time to judge. What's truth? Judgment day's here now. It's not, it's not coming when you're standing before the throne of God. Judgment day just came. Who am I? Am I the sick or am I the well? If you're filled up with good things, immediately out of your heart comes good things. Immediately comes, no, 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 I'm not having this. I have promises. He's the Lord that healeth me. Right? He saves me from my destructions. By His stripes. He bore my sicknesses. Carried my diseases. Right? That's what's in my heart. That's what I've stored up. That's what I'm believing. Right? He comes in and says, yeah, but you you weren't very nice to that one person. Blood of Jesus covers all that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Grace abounds where sin does abound. Grace abounds all the more. 
You know, the enemy's not going to talk me out. If I've got enough of this word in me, the enemy can talk you out of anything God's got for you. If you have it in you. You will have an answer to every question. He'll bring them forth too. He, he will. And then he'll have people come and help you out. Well, have you had this yet? Because you know that if you haven't had it, it's going around. You know, or, well, my, my brother had a business and it didn't succeed. It was the same you're doing. It looks just the same. No. No. He'll bring, he'll try, he'll try and talk you out of everything that God has for you. But if you have this word in you in abundance, if you believe it in your heart, you will confess it with your mouth, and you will have victory in every circumstance, every situation, and you'll, you will guard your heart. As Proverbs, I'll tell you what, just flip over to Proverbs 4 and we'll, we'll end there. I don't know where it is in my notes because I never got to follow those. It's somewhere in here, Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. We want to guard our heart, though, don't we? If that's what's in our heart. Now, if evil's in your heart, don't guard that. Let it go. Let it go. Start filling yourself up with some good things. And and, uh, as Brother Moore says, the law of displacement. Start putting good in, and the bad will come out. And keep putting good in, and the bad will come out. Put it in your ears. Put it in your eyes. Don't put anything else in your ears and eyes. You know, if you're believing for something, don't, don't let one opportunity to confess I'm well go by. I, I still don't, even, even when I'm healthy, people say, how you doing? I'm well. Well. Not, not only my bus, I'm well. I'm well. And I don't just say that so they'll know I'm well. I'm confessing I'm well because I believe in my heart I'm well. Right? That's an opportunity for me to do that. And, I, and I'm going to guard that in my heart. I'm going to keep that. That's guarding it. Confessing it. Believing it. That's how you guard your heart. You, 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 let, it, you let it in there and you keep it in your ears and your eyes. Do you, does anybody in here talk and can't hear yourself talk? No. If you talk, you'll hear it. Amen? And faith comes by hearing. hearing. Amen. Amen. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the standards of life, the issues of life, the things by which you'll judge your circumstances, the things by which you'll win or lose, the things by which you'll be or not be. They're in your heart. They're in your heart. What you're living today is what's in your heart. So, which is nice because if you don't like what you're living, you can change it. You know what? If you're not saved today, you can change your condition like that. Right? Today. Right? You'll you'll go from old to new. Bad to good. Right? Right? Unrighteous to righteous. That's the place to be. And then you can begin filling in your heart with the goodness of God. Right? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How do you do that? Put away, for, put away the, from thee a froward mouth. Perverse lips, put far from thee. We've talked about that before. Perverse doesn't mean nasty and, uh, you know, people relate it to sex and things like that. It doesn't mean that. It means contrary to the Word of God. If it's perverse, it's contrary to God's Word. Yes. If the Word says you're rich and, it's a, and someone else says you're poor, that's perverse. Don't listen to it and definitely don't speak it. Amen. Right? It's perverse. It's wrong. It's froward. It's ugly. We don't want it. Anybody like that in here? 
Anybody want, anybody want anybody speaking over when they're poor? No. Especially not you. You have authority in your life. You start saying you're poor, you will find out how fast you can be poor. You start saying you're sick, you'll find out how fast you can be sick. You, we don't speak that stuff over us. We have authority in our own lives, especially by faith. Amen? Then you look at your eyes. Let, the, let thine eyes look right on. Let the eyelids look straight before thee. Don't get caught looking at other options. Don't get, you know, when somebody comes up to you and says, well, you know, look at this. I had a friend that was believing that and this happened to him. No, there's no other options except the Word of God. Right? Don't look at other options. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't care if the waves are over here, the wind's over here. Jesus is there. Jesus is the Word of God. He's our standard. He's our rule. He's our principle. He's who we're looking at. He's who we're focused on to keep our life straight and to keep ourselves having His goodness in our life. Amen? We don't move our eyes ever, right? We don't move our eyes. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. I just talked about that a second. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I don't think I'll go to church today. Ponder the path of your feet. Should you be at church? What are you going to miss? You know, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe God's got somewhere else for you to be. I don't know. That's not for me to judge. Ponder the path. Think about what you're doing. Don't just... Do and then say, "Ooh, I wish I hadn't." How many times you guys ever heard that? "Ooh, I knew I shouldn't have done that." You knew you shouldn't. Have. Yeah, you knew it and you did it. How many times have you said, "I've said it"? You guys have never said it, but I've said it. See, I'm your example of what not to do. So look at me, and don't do that. You know, I remember my mom was uh, typing something on her computer one time, and uh, and the electricity flickered and she lost it. And she said, you know, God told me to save that right before that happened. I knew I should have. Well, you know what? It's great to say you knew. It's great that you repented, but it's too late for your whatever you had in the computer, right? Ponder the paths of your feet. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to what's going on. Think about what you're doing and do the right thing. Why? You're guarding your heart. You're guarding your heart, right? Healing is one of those things prosperity is one of those things. God's Word, those things you need to keep in the midst of your heart all the time, right? Because if it's not affecting you, it's affecting someone around you, right? So keep it in your heart. Amen? Turn not to the right hand nor the left hand. Remove thy foot from evil. Don't turn to other answers. Don't look for other options. Don't save the credit card applications. Guys, I know, I've done it. We used to save a stack of them for the just-in-case. Why? Because just-in-case I don't get a paycheck. Well, guys, know where your faith is, but all I did was get further in debt. You know what? Once my company did turn around, it took just that length of time for me to turn my own finances around because I'd messed them up so much, right? Because I wasn't believing. I was... Trusting in the credit card people. We did good at that, didn't we? But we, don't, we, we keep our sight focused on God. We, don't, we refuse other things. And the way you refuse them is you get that word, that standard, that belief, that principle, that rule, and you refuse to step off of it at any time. You refuse to change what you believe. I don't care if the devil told you your tithe is a waste. 
believe it. Believe in that tithe. The, the Word says if you tithe, you're blessed. Stay with it. Don't stop. Don't quit. I don't care if He said, oh, you just threw that money away. You shouldn't have given that. See, God's not turn, turning that back. No, no, no. It says He'll return 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm having it. I've got a verse. I've got a Word. Stay on that Word. Refuse not to have what God says you're going to have. Stay on, keep it your standard in every situation. And as it becomes your standard for one situation, it'll take you to the next. And the next thing you know, everything you do is now balanced by God's Word. Right? And when we're balanced by God's Word, we're not making the stupid mistakes we were making before. Why? Because our standard started outright instead of having to mess up and then bring in the standard. Right? We don't want to mess up to get God's Word to work. See, I don't, I don't want to get sick so I can prove that He heals. Right. Anybody in here want to do that? No, but I want, he, I want everyone to be healed. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I don't want to go... I, you know, I don't have to go out and act like a heathen to prove that God can save people. Do I? No. 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 no, He saved every person whether they act like a heathen or whether they act good all their life. Right. right? You can act as good as you want. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, it doesn't mean anything. That's right? Right? We've got standards, and we want to live by them. We want them to be the rule in our life. We want to be healed. We want to be full of joy. We want to have peace, and we want to guard our hearts. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand up with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Pray this with me. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You for Your goodness, for Your good plan for my life. Lord, I receive Your goodness. Lord, I refuse not to have Your best in my life. Lord, we ask that You teach us your word for every situation. Help us to make it the standard by which we judge every situation, every circumstance, everything that comes across our path. We pray that your word be the standard by which it's judged. Help us to put it in our eyes, to put it in our ears, to get it in our heart, to know it, to understand it, so that it be, your word be, our final authority. We'll not step off of it. We'll not refuse it. We will judge ourselves worthy of your word. In Jesus' name, name. amen.